The following message is brought to you by Capital City Baptist Church of Port Mosby. We exist to bring glory to God by knowing Christ and making Him known. If you would like to visit our church, we hold multiple services on Sunday mornings starting at 9 a.m. We are located between Motokare Wharf and Edai Town. Pickups are available 709-1000. Me to um, use his pulpit. Um, I take it as a honor and a privilege to be able to preach in my pastor's pulpit. And thank you all for being patient with me in this three weeks. Um, I'm trying to time myself here. So, all right. Open your Bibles to book, the book of John, chapter number one. We will read several passages here, and we will go from there. Thank you. Thank you, Heather Rose. John chapter number one. John chapter number one. We will read verses one to three. Then we will read verses eleven to fourteen. Verses one to three, and verses eleven to fourteen. So once you have found the passage, please, um, passage just look look at me. So make a survey. All right. John chapter one. Verses 1 to 3. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were created by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. Verse 11. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of, the, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. I'd like to speak on the last part of the message on ancient words. From eternity past to eternity future. There are so many things that we can look at in these passages and so many things that we can go to in these passages but I want to praise and, and magnify and glorify the word this morning so we'll look at a couple of things, eight things to be exact and we will go from there in the beginning was the word tells us or mentions to us or heralds the eternality of the word. The eternality of the word is hereby mentioned. The word was present 
before the beginning began. In eternity, the eternal Godhead consisting of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit set in council to determine and to predestinate and to elect after the counsel of his own will. His foreknowledge of the future events speaks of his sovereignty over that which he was about to create. Namely, time, space, and matter. The heavens and the earth. The word was a vital component to creation as it is through his potency that life was about to be created. A life that gives pleasure to God and as God spoke, time began and life began and life became as the primal, primal man knew it. The act of God in creation itself is a selfless act. Why? Here is an eternal God who in no way is obligated to share his glories, who is in no way obligated to show his powers, who is in no way obligated to sacrifice his eternity. Yet, God in his eternal community wanted to share his fellowship. And he did with Adam. The interesting thing, if you, find, if you read in Genesis, is when God called Adam, both the man and the woman responded. They had one name. Until after sin, God gave the name. Eve was named Eve. It's a very interesting thing to note. God had fellowship with Adam, both male and female. The fact that in the beginning is pronounced here in John is that all of God's, in all of God's eternity, God made room for humanity. A space of room in the ions of time. We see this in Genesis chapter 3, chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. The word was there before the beginning began. Not only that, we see the equality, the equality of the word. John 1, verse 1. Not only that, in the beginning was the word, but, and the word was with God. See, in the beginning was the word. Now, the word is with God. The equality of the word. The equality of the word with God is proclaimed here. His presence at the beginning is vital to his claim to deity. John knew that. That is why John is saying this. His presence is not assumed. Rather, it is proclaimed as truth. His coexistence helps us to understand the active presence of the Trinity, the triune being, the triune, triune being of the Godhead, the Father, the Word, and the Spirit. 
them three actively participating in the creation of the heaven and the earth the father is present he speaks and the word creates out of nothing ex nihilo and the spirit hovers as to guard and protect what God has created the word is equal with the father that is the trinity of God many people say trinity is not biblical because it's not found in the bible yes the word trinity is not found in the bible it is like several other ideas in the bible it is a word not that is not found in scripture but is seen because the scripture speaks of the activities of the godhead it's like the word rapture not found in the bible but the idea is prevalent in the new testament trinity is a word not found but yet the father the son and the holy spirit were there present coexistent equal in all of its powers his powers were there present at the creation and so this is what john is saying in the beginning was the word and the word was with god that is the trinity see the trinity is also seen when jesus was baptized okay let's go there matthew matthew 3 verse 16 and 17 and jesus when he was baptized went straight up out of the water okay it didn't sprinkle him they didn't pour water on him but he was immersed and straight out of the water the heavens were opened and he saw the spirit of god descending like a dove the spirit and the voice of voice from heaven saying this is my beloved son in whom i am well pleased the son is getting baptized the spirit is coming like a dove and the father is booming the words this is my beloved son in whom i am well pleased the trinity is evident in scripture anyone who claims to be a christian has to grab that and place it in their heart trinity is there he is not only equal but in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god you see what john is doing john is declaring the deity of jesus christ the declaration of his deity by john his equality his fellowship with the godhead doesn't limit him to that capacity if there was a capacity there's nothing limiting god but john the writer of this gospel proclaims his deity that jesus is god that the word is god see the culture in which the gospel is written and the time in which these events took place demands the fact and the truth that jesus's deity is to be proclaimed that he is not just a man but he is god and the culture and the time demanded it and john here is proclaiming that fact not only john proclaims it paul down through the church history proclaimed it in front of the athenians in greece paul as he walked through athens he saw shrines plagues and monuments of all other gods except for one true god of creation and paul cried out in the book of acts with a loud voice saying paul said acts 17 verse 22 and 23 ye men of athens i perceive 
that in all this you are too superstitious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with the inscription to the unknown God. Paul went through Athens, and they were all, they, these are superstitious guys. They had altars for all the gods, and just in case they missed one god, they say this altar is to the unknown God. And Paul held that opportunity and said, This God whom you ignorantly worship, I will declare to you. And Paul declared in Athens that Jesus was God. Not only that Paul declared that Jesus is God, but the demons also declared that Jesus is God. See, James 2 verse 19 says, Thou believest that there is one God, thou do as well. The devils also believe and tremble. Mark 10 verse 7 says, when, the, when Jesus came to the city of Gadarenes and the demon-possessed guy saw Jesus, he came fell on his knees and he said, What have we to do with thee? Jesus, thou son of the most high God, I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. The devils, the devils, the demons, they also proclaim that Jesus is God. If they can do it, why can't we? Let's take the word of God, place it in our heart, and proclaim that Jesus Christ is God to all those living around us and in our communities. Not only that, we see that Jesus, being equal with the Father, being there in creation, and is the Father, is God himself, we see Jesus condescending down to earth. Not only was God, but he became flesh. He became flesh. Let's go to verse 14. And the word, that's Jesus. The word that was with the Father. The word that was with God. The word that created. The word who is God himself. And the word, that word was made flesh. The eternal word that spoke everything into existence became flesh. The seed of the woman infused by the Spirit of God was made flesh. The process of childbirth began. The spark of life, not from the man's seed, but from God, at conception in the uterus forms an embryo into a human form and follows the stages in the nine months till he was birthed. The word became flesh. It is only here, it is only here in verse 14 that John, starting from verse 1, talks about the word up until 14, and John says the word is God. And the word is Jesus Christ. The word was made flesh, like you and I, like you and I with the same passions. The word was made flesh. Romans chapter 8 verse 3, God sent in his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. In the likeness of sinful flesh. Not as sinful flesh, not as sinful flesh, but in the likeness of sinful flesh. You see, Jesus is God. And because he is God, there is no sin in him. 
Jesus cannot sin. There is no sin in Jesus Christ. He was made in the likeness of sinful flesh. Philippians chapter 2 verse 6 and 7 says, Who, Jesus, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of man. Hebrews 2 verse 9 says, But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels. See, when the promise was made in the Garden of Eden in Genesis 3 verse 15, God told the promise, God said, The Messiah, the Redeemer, or the seed of the woman would come. That's, that's Jesus. And that he would crush the head of the serpent or, or devil Satan. The promise again was given to Abraham. All right? Abraham in Genesis 3 verse 15, uh, Genesis 13 verse 15, For all the land which thou seest to thee, I will give it unto thy seed, singular, forever. And this promise, though it seems to be referring to the seed of Abraham, the children of Israel, Genesis 3 verse 16 tells us this promise is referring to Jesus Christ. And we learn that it was actually Christ, the Messiah. See, now, now to Abraham and to his seed were the promise made. He said not to and to his seeds, no, as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is Christ, the word, the word, the promise that Christ would come and not the head of, not the head of Satan long, long was given. And the Messiah came and God condescended to man. And God became man in the likeness of sinful flesh. Genesis 3 verse 19, till the seed should, should come to whom the promise was made. Genesis 4 verse 4, but one the fullness of time was come. God sent forth his son, made for woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoptions of son. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in creation wants us to be part of that fellowship. See, when the fullness of time was come, when the geopolitical atmosphere was correct, when the social and religious atmosphere was correct, when the language barriers, Jew, Hebrew, Greek, when those barriers was united by one trade language called the Koine Greek language, when the vessel was prepared and ready, when the fullness of time was come, God sent his son to come into this world. He came into this world, God came into this world, and he dwelt among us in verse 14. The word dwell means, is the word skenu or skina in Greek, and in Hebrew it's the word shekinah. That's the word that God, when the glory comes down in the tabernacle in the Old Testament, God comes down. Same word, same word. God came and he dwelt among us. He came and made his tabernacle and lived among us. He lived like us. He was one of us. He humbled himself and became a man. Philippians 2 verse 5 to 8 says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who in the form of God taught it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, 
took upon him, upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man and been found in the fashion of as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Why? Why does the one who created all things, why does the one who was there in the beginning, before the beginning ever began, why should he come into this world and dwell among us and be like us? Why does he have to strap upon flesh and to be like us? Why? He became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. I love this part of verse 14. He says, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The end says, Full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. Now, this is the epitaph of Jesus. Not, not that it was written on his grave. No, 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 no. no. He never died. He, 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 he never had a grave, sorry. He never had a grave. This epitaph of Jesus Christ is etched into the mind and the memory of the one writing this gospel. He is full of grace and truth. What kind of words, I'm wondering, what kind of words do men say about my life? What kind of words do men say when they see me? I, I, I'm not... I wish it's my heart that men see me, they see Christ. What kind of words? Oh, I want men to see Jesus in me. I want men to hear Jesus from me. I want men to feel and experience the grace and truth of Jesus Christ overflowing from my life. I want that. I want that. And we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father. Peter said it this way. Peter said it in 2 Peter 1, For we have not followed any other cunningly devised fables or stories. We don't follow those. When we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory. When there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. This voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him at the Mount of Transfiguration. Peter was there. John was there, and they heard God giving glory and honor to Christ Jesus the Word. John said it like this in 1 John 1 and verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled the Word of life, that ancient word was with us. He came. He was among us. We saw him. We heard him. We looked upon him. And our hands have handled him. The ancient word. The ancient one. Christ. God. The word. For a life was manifested. And we have seen it. And we are eyewitnesses. And now we are showing it to you. Because in this life. Is eternal life. 
Why? Because God wants us and the relationship between him and his creation to be one. A restoration of fellowship is lost by the fall. That which was we have seen and heard, we declare unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son. Not only that, but these things we write to you that your joy may be full. It only comes through the eternal word. Not only that, we see in verse 10 in John chapter 1, verse 10 and 11, we see a reject, rejection by the word. Rejection of the word. He was in the world. And the world was made by him. And the world knew him not. The owner, the owner, the creator, walks into his creation. And his creation never knew him. But as many, he came unto his own, sorry, he came unto his own. His own creation. Things that he created from the word of his power. And things that he has created from his own hand. And the things that his hand did, which he blew his breath of life into, rejected him. And his own, his own kind, the one that looks just like him, the one that bears his image, his own, received him not. Received him not. My friends, he that believeth on the Son had everlasting life. He that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the word of God abideth on him. Not only that, we see the appropriation of the word in verse 12. But as many as received him, thank God, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. You see, when Christ came and they, they, they rejected him, his own kind rejected him. The ones that bear his image rejected him. But those that received him and those of us who believe become the sons of God. John 3 verse 15 to 18 That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned but he that believeth not, suppose you don't believe, you are condemned already. Because he had not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Romans 10, verse 8 to 10. But what saith it? The word is nigh unto thee, even in thy mouth. 
and in thy heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach. Even that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. What a promise. What a promise. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Here is another promise. Romans 10 verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. My friends, God said it. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your time going after baptism. It doesn't save. Don't waste your time doing sacraments. It doesn't save. Don't waste your time doing the communions. It doesn't save. Don't waste your time doing extra stuff. It doesn't save. Don't waste your time keeping the Sabbath holy. It doesn't save. Doesn't. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Salvation is of the entire world of humanity depends upon the appropriation of the word of God, Jesus Christ. Do you believe? Do you believe? Then the life of Jesus Christ, the one whom you believe in you, should show in your life. Not only that, we see the exaltation of the word. The exaltation of the word. Because he has defeated death, hell, and the grave. And not only that, by being on the cross at Calvary, Jesus knocked and bruised the head of the serpent as the promise was given in Genesis 3.15. Philippians 2, verses 9 to 11. Wherefore, wherefore God also had highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, the word, the ancient word, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The exaltation of the ancient word. Revelation 19 verse 11 to 16. And I, John, saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no man knew but he himself. He was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. The ancient Word. And the armies which were in heaven followed upon followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, and out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword. And with it 
he would, should smite the nations and he should rule them with a rod of iron. He treaded the wine press of the fierceness of the wrath of the Almighty God. And he had on his vesture and on his thigh a name written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. 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 That is the ancient word. He was in the beginning with God. He was with God. He created all things. He is God. Now he is exalted. He is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And lastly we see the warning by the word. In our day and time, scoffers laugh. They laugh at you. They will laugh at you. They laugh at me. They laugh at the Bible. They laugh at the creation story. They laugh at the coming of Christ. They laugh. They scoff. They make mockery out of what we believe. Second Peter chapter 3 verse 3 to 7 says this. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers. People that make fun. What are they going to make fun of? They're walking after their own lust and saying, where is the promise of his coming? Aha! They are attacking Genesis 3.15. Where is the promise of his coming? Where is it? Where is it? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of. And by the word of God, the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the worlds then, that then was, being overflowed with water, perished by the heavens and the earth, which are now, by the same word, the ancient word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire, against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly man. Second Peter 3, verse 9. They can make fun. They can mock. They can tease. They can say all manner of things against the Bible, against God, against the creation, against the coming of Christ, against Jesus Christ. They can do all that. But my friend, God is not slack concerning His promises, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us. Not willing that any should perish. Full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. Full of grace. Not willing that you, mocker. Not willing that you, the person that is, that is saying all manner of stuff against God's word, against the creation. No, he is willing that you should come to repentance. That is why he hasn't come back yet. He will, my friend. He will. God is giving you a chance to repentance not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance second corinthians 6 2 says these words behold now is the accepted time behold now is the day of salvation because my friend you do not know when you will die you know some of them time by you and die today and now is the time for you to get saved finally but judgment by the word. Revelation 20 and verse 11. Revelation chapter 20 and verse 11. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it 
from whose face the heaven and the earth fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in those books, according to their works. I'll stop here and make a clarification. These people are not standing before God to be judged whether they will go to heaven or hell. No. They are just coming out from hell. They are just coming from the graves to be judged by a just God. Not so that their good deeds can outweigh their bad deeds. No. They are already condemned. And standing before God because God is judge. Just, he will open the books and he will tell each person this, this, this were done and thought and said against me. Christ was rejected. Therefore, you will be sent to everlasting punishment. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell were delivered up. And the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the Lamb's book of life was cast into the lake of fire. My friend, God will place that book of life and from this book, if your name is not written in this book, God will advise, command the angels to train you and cast you into the lake of fire that he has made for the devil. Judgment by the word. Have you been born again? Do you want to be born again? If you have any questions regarding your salvation, my friend, see us. Call us. We are here for you. You see, your eternity depends on what you do with the ancient word of God. These words have eternal life. Have eternal life. Thank you, and you can be dismissed. Thank you for listening to this message. We would love to have you join us for service if you are in the area. If you need help with transportation, please give us a call on 709-1000. Again, it's 709-1000.